Hey, this is the Friends with Businesses podcast. In this episode, we talk with Chiquita Patterson, founder of United Street Tours. United Street Tours offers walking tours that introduce you to the people, history, food, and art of black culture that are often overlooked. Chiquita was just named to the National Business Journal's 40 Under 40 in March of this year. So listen up, because I think you're going to love hearing from her today. Hey, we are here today back again with Friends with Businesses podcast. And today we are talking to Chiquita Patterson of United Street Tours. I'm Elizabeth Yarbrough. And I'm Blake Ermis. And we are here with Chiquita. Chiquita, thank you so much for being with us today. It's really, really good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am so excited to talk more, learn more about you and your business, United Street Tours, that seems to be booming right now. I've seen you in the news a lot lately. You have a lot going on. It It's a, you want a 40 under 40, you're on a list, right? Right. Yeah. I want 40 under 40 uh, business professionals in Nashville. So I'm excited about that. The ceremony is coming up in March. So I'm trying to find my outfit for that. (laughs) Good luck. That sounds like a fun process. Oh, yeah. Tell us, Jaquita, just a little bit about you, where you're from, what you like to do, all about you. So again, my name is Chiquita Patterson. I am originally from Memphis, Tennessee, and I grew up in Memphis in a community called Orange Mound and graduated from high school in a community called White Haven. And from all throughout school, I knew that I wanted to go to college. And by the time I was in high school, everybody was pushing it. And so I really love like the Nashville area, the middle Tennessee area, but I didn't want to necessarily be in the heart of Nashville. And so I chose a school that's like 30 minutes away, probably with traffic today, it'll be about an hour away. But middle Tennessee State University, and I went there and got involved in a lot of stuff and met a lot of cool people and just like enjoyed the experience so much that I decided to live in Nashville. Cool. And what did you study at MTSU? At MTSU, I studied undergrad psychology, and then I I moved to Virginia, and I have my master's in social work. Okay. I did not realize that. Because Mm -hmm. I do know you were in the world of education for a while prior to starting your business. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I have had my hands in education for many, many years. And so like, I come from a long line of educators, right? And so I was like running from this whole education profession thing, but you know, you have to step into your calling. (laughs) You can't run away from it forever. I had that mentality that I don't want to go to school uh, all through K-12, go to school for college, go to school for grad school and graduate and be back in school again. (laughs) Right. But I can't say it's much different when you're on the other end versus when you're going through the process. And so I worked uh, in a few schools uh, throughout the U.S., but most recently schools in Nashville. I worked at an elementary school and a high school here. Uh, last job I had was as a dean of students at a local high school, which I love. Okay. So what do you like to do around town when you're not working? 
So before I became an entrepreneur, (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed pretty much visiting all of the cool and hot places in Nashville. Uh, I acted like a tourist. And so I laser tag was one of my favorite things to do because I always win when me and my fiance compete with each other. I'm very competitive. Let me just say that. Put put golf. I love to go to the movies. I'm just like, uh, I literally, if I can go to the movies every day, I would. <laughs> um, I love all the new food places and restaurant. There's this cool restaurant called uh, Veggielicious. It's like vegan soul food. And I can literally spend a night there. And so like before I became an entrepreneur, I used to do like all of these cool things. But now I spend my weekends in front of my laptop, uh, thinking of marketing strategies, thinking of sales strategies, and I rarely get time to just like go out and let my hair down and have a good time. Mm. Well, I hope that changes for you at some point in the near future. <laughs> I'm sure it will. I'm sure yeah. it will. So I, I've been here for six years and I, I still act as a tourist. Like what, what's the cutoff point? At, at what point? <laughs> like for, for me, because everything changes so much. And there's, like you said, all these cool new restaurants. Like I'm I'm going to be a tourist for the rest of my life as far as I can tell. I know. And it's so much fun. Like now it's so much to do in Nashville. Like if you're the type of person that you're saying like, ah, I can think of anything to do in Nashville. Like, what are you doing? Literally, <laughs> it's like five yeah. things going on every single day. Yeah. Well, one cool thing that I like to do is I go on these, I call them urban hikes. It's basically just like walking around downtown, but I go down these little paths, like little nooks and crannies, like alleyways and go to restaurants and just walk for hours and hours. And it's really cool that you do something like United Street Tours. It kind of sounds like kind of the same thing, really, uh, uh, with just walking around the city and checking out new things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So far, I am clocking five miles a day. Wow. <laughs> wow. Walking around Nashville and talking. Oh, yeah. So you're really time sharing, working and making money with getting your exercise in, which I really appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, OK, let's jump into your company then. You started United Street Tours. Tell us when you started it and why you started it. Yeah, so I started United Street Tours February 2018, and how it all happened was by chance. Like I had, I wasn't the type of person that had dreams about being a business owner, being an entrepreneur. I was okay with the going to work every day. I love consistent payments. Like I, this my thing. Okay, I love some consistency and some stability. And so, like the entrepreneurship world kind of just fell in my lap. And so like one, when I when I started at the school, that the high school that I was working at, I started as the uh, associate dean of students. And then the following year was promoted to dean of students. And so everything outside of like sitting in the classroom fell in my wheelhouse. And one of the things that I really took seriously is like programming for the students. And so when Black History Month rolled around, it was my job to program, come up with the Black History Month content and programs for the students. And so I'm a big advocate for like, if you're planning something for a specific population, like you need that population at the table um, to give their voice so that their voice is heard, right? And so 
I said, hey, I wanna get some students at the table, form a black history committee so that I can really plan what they want to see and experience. And so what, what I did was I went to the cafeteria doing my students lunch hour and I just walked around and started to, from table to table. And I just asked them, what do you guys wanna do for Black History Month? Who do you wanna focus on? And everybody was like, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And every now and then I would get a Rosa Parks. And I was like, really, like anybody else, like this is all I learned in school. This is all my mom. These are the only two people my mom learned in school. At some point, we have to expand our knowledge base on black history. And so from there, I just got like really frustrated and I did what any normal human being would do. I just started complaining. I became a complainer. And I complained and complained and complained. And finally, my fiance was like, um, you know, you've been complaining a lot, right? And I was like, um, okay. And he was like, well, you should stop complaining and do something about it. And at first I had to add it to like, wait a minute now, who you think you're talking to? And then I had to ask myself, wait a minute, is this true? Have I been complaining? Yeah. Do I have the power to do something about it to change the situation? And as a dean of students at the school, yes, I, I had the power to do something about it. And so from there, I just threw. Oh, I thought somebody was talking. I heard some noise. Oh, nope. Okay. No, so from there, I threw a lot of ideas at the wall. And this idea of walking tours just stuck. It just kept coming back up, kept coming back up. And it kept coming up is because like I love walking tours. In every new city that I visit, I try to take a walking tour over, even over a bus tour, any other type of tour. I'm looking for those walking tours because I feel like walking tours, one, helps you trim your waistline after you done ate all the good food at these different places you're visiting right and then you also get an opportunity to like get a good layout of the city build a relationship with your tour guide and the people around you it's just a more intimate experience mm -hmm. and so i took a before that i i've taken a walking tour in toronto uh, regarding the underground railroad i took a walking tour in st augustine florida about black history and civil rights and so i had all of these cool experience and then Eventually I was like, wait a minute, like when I'm thinking of what's the most fun and engaging way to introduce new black history figures to my students, walking tour just, it just, it just came back up, just kept coming up. And so I went with the idea of walking tours and put, begin to do like a lot of research just to learn a lot of information about community leaders and when I put my first tour together, I invited my friends out and I invited some of the admin, some of the staff from the school where I was working. And I invited everyone out. And after the tour, I said, well, how was it, guys? And they said, well, Chiquita, do you want us to be honest with you? And I was like, here we go. <laughs> that Your first customer ugly. feedback. Huh? Your first customer feedback. <laughs> right. I said, well, that's never a good sign. And so I was like, yes, yes, be honest. And they was like, oh, my God, it was awful. 
And I said, what? Awful? What do you mean? They hated the tour. And so the feedback was that I was giving off facts and dates and numbers. And they were just like, no one wants to hear that for 90 minutes. Like, we don't want to hear about what happened in 1990. We don't want to hear that. We want to hear the stories. Like, tell us the stories of the people. We want to hear about their lives, how they transformed this city, right? And so then in that moment, I realized that I was trying to be something that I wasn't. Like, I I didn't, I hated history in school. I hated history in college. I hated it in school because that's all it was, is facts and numbers and dates and no story, like no real tangible stories. And so I had became what I didn't want to, what I didn't like. And so I went back to the drawing board and try, I tried really, really hard to turn that information into stories, but I realized that to be a storyteller, that's actually a skill that you have to learn. It's not something that you can just do. And so I had to like push the the, the history aside and really become a YouTube scholar and learn this skill of storytelling. And so I went through like a few weeks of trying to figure out how to turn all of this information into stories. And then once I understood the concept of creating stories and developing a product that was engaging for people, that's when I started to dig back into the history and the research and develop a new experience. And so with the new experience, I took my friends out again and asked for feedback and I got a round of applause. Everybody was like, oh my God, this is the best thing since sliced bread. Okay. <laughs> and so, so, so at this point, are you still working full time or had you quit your job and this is what you were doing now? At the time when you were learning all about storytelling and doing your taking your, the first couple of test groups, I'll call them out. Were you working and working on your business on this? Oh yeah, side? so absolutely. So I was working uh, full time and working on my business part time uh, during that time where I was learning how to be a storyteller and doing all of this research, and so. That is another situation. Like when you're working on your business, when you're working on uh, a product or a service or whatever, like you have to find time to work on it outside of the school environment, which can or outside of your regular full time environment, which can be difficult because in a perfect world, like people will work full time seven to eight hours a day and then go home. But that's not like that's not life today. Like you're literally at work for 10 and 16 hours a day. So it can be difficult to then go and work on something else after you get home. Yeah, yeah, that sounds tiring, especially working in a school because oh, yeah. yeah, teachers work really long hours. So you were, this was, I guess, 2017 or 18, and you were just kind of trying to work out the kinks of a new business. Did you know at the time that this was going to be a business or were you really just figuring it out? You had no idea what was coming next. Yeah, I, I had no idea what was coming next. I, I built this thing for my students and that was like the focus to get the students out to teach them about uh, black history leaders in their community. And so from there, um, I 
toured the students on the committee that I was doing and uh, that I, the committee that got together to pretty much plan the Black History Month program and to give insights in like what they wanted to do. And so they were able to learn like new Black history facts and to influence the program. And so after everything was said and done, I was like, I have all of this knowledge inside of my head. I have all of this cool information, these cool stories. I wanna see if people in the community would want to know some of this information. And so I, I, I created a Facebook event. I set an event and uh, Black History Tours, I think Black History Tours was the name of it, honestly. And Black History Tours in Nashville. And I just put uh, like the payment processor on Eventbrite. And I set the price for $5. So we started off with $5 tours. And I set the price for $5 because if when things are free in Nashville, like you would have a thousand people RSVP and like one person show up because people <laughs> haven't really invested anything. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, what's the best way to make people feel like they've invested in something? Like set a low price. <laughs> it's, people are like, I paid my money, I'm coming out, right? right. And so with that, we sold out of tours for like six months. Oh, wow. Right. And that's when I, at that moment, I said, wait a minute, I have something here. Like Pops can possibly turn this into something that I can do full time into a business. And so that's what, that's what triggered things and switched things in my head and made me start thinking about things in a business like way. Okay. So for six months, how many tours did you do in that time period where you're selling out? So we, so at that point I was touring on the weekends. And so we had two tours every Saturday. Okay. And how big were the tours then and how big are they now? So the tours then was, whoo, that's a long, it seems like so long ago. (laughs) (laughs) So the tours then, I think back then the cap was about 20 people and now we go up. So now we don't really have a cap (laughs) because we have like multiple tour guides who can kind of pitch in and help out if the group is too big. Okay. Okay. Great. So, okay. That raises a good, good little segue, I guess. That's such a great story about how you got started. Tell us a little bit about how the company has evolved in the two short years that feel so long to you. (laughs) (laughs) started um tell us where are you now what changes have you made along the way and where do you want to go in the near future well i've learned so much about business about history about myself throughout this whole journey and this whole process and united sheet tours has evolved so much so when we started out we only had one tour and um, pretty much ran with that tour all year. And then we, the next year we had two tours. Uh, we added a civil rights tour. So we had a black history tour, civil rights tour. And the civil rights tour ended up being our best-selling tour. And so this year we have over 10 experiences. And so we went from touring only on Saturdays to now we tour seven days a week. And we tour from nine to three for our public tours. And now that we have more staff on board, we can build in private tours uh, where we tour conferences, we tour organizations in Nashville. We just toured like five Nashville-based organizations this month. 
uh, well, not this month, this March, February for Black History Month. And so basically, we've just expanded our inventory where we offer. We've expanded the number of employees we have. We've expanded literally everything with this company. And so when I tell you I'm, I'm like extremely busy, go, 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 go. I am waiting for the opportunity to sit at the movies and enjoy a movie. <laughs> I bet. So how many employees do you have now? Right now we have, we are at 10. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so they're, so you're no longer the only one doing tours. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, what other things do you have help with these days other than giving tours or are they all guides? So one of the things that I I needed help with early on, so like I'm really good at now the storytelling piece and the history piece, but as far as like logistics, planning the route and remembering the route and knowing whether to go left or right, like I've always been horrible at that. <laughs> like it takes when I move to a new place, it takes me an eternity to learn how to get from home to work, from work to the grocery like. I use my GPS for things like that for, for a very long time. And so like having a director of operations on board was like 100% needed to handle the logistics of the tour and to create the best route. And so I remember the first time I created the uh, route for the uh, civil rights tour, what I did was I pretty much um, did a bunch of research on the civil rights movement. And then I used Google Maps to like plan the best route. And then after I had everything together, I went downtown to like walk it and make sure that everything was where Google Maps said it was. And when I tell you that everything, every path we walked was uphill, it was <laughs> awful. <laughs> Not exercise. <laughs> it was a lot. I was like, I can't do this to people, especially not tourists. They're not prepared for this. <laughs> and so I, I literally had to go back and change everything. And so it said, when you have good people on board, it just saves you a bunch of time because they're working in their strengths. Mm -hmm. That is so interesting to me because it's a piece. It makes so much sense now that you need to pay attention to the logistics and the route and the experience people have as they're walking either uphill or downhill. But I never would have thought of that from the outside looking in about your business. Oh, yeah. It's really oh, yeah. It's so many moving pieces, literally. Mm -hmm. yeah, literally. Have, you, have you incorporated the scooters into your tour to alleviate some of the uh, <laughs> some of the hills? We thought about that, but then yeah, liability, man. Yeah, <laughs> don't don't do it. Don't do it. Right. Oh yeah. Now when we first started, and so when we when we uh got started in 2018, we had a group called uh, Outdoor Afro who called us and was like, Hey, we really want to do this tour, but we want to do it on bikes. And I was like, Do we say yes to this? Like we're walking tour company, but we ended up saying yes, and it was an amazing tour. But I said that to say bikes are okay, but scooters. Man, I'm just thinking of like people, people, you got to teach people how to break. You got to teach mm -hmm. like the learning curve. So if we built in a tour with more time, like maybe a three hour tour just to have like a training process. 
to go along with it, possibly, but probably not this year. <laughs> yeah, Bike, bikes are more dangerous than scooters, in my opinion, because if you fall off, you fall over the handlebars. If you fall off a scooter, you just start walking. So it's, actually safer. <laughs> it's safer. I've, I've tested this theory, by the way. <laughs> oh, wow. You know the difference is? So, so, like, you can ride a bike on, like, on the sidewalk. Like, it's really not illegal to ride a bike on a sidewalk, right? Yeah, I guess I don't know. <laughs> I thought I thought it I thought it was. Hold on a second. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I know you can't ride. I know the scooters you're supposed to ride them in the street. Right. But I'm not gonna ride a bike on the sidewalk. So we were riding on the sidewalk. Maybe we was doing something illegal. Who knows? I think you were. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> One point though, like you said, you're a walking tour company. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Stick so strengths. So you've added tours. You started with one. You said the Black History Tour, which I believe is the one that I did last year. And you've added Civil Rights Tour. How many total do you have right now, two years in? So we have a total of 10 experiences. And so I guess the biggest jump that we've added is we've incorporated um, Jefferson Street, the African-American community in Nashville on our uh, public tour roster. And so we have a mural tour of Jefferson Street, a blues tour of Jefferson Street and a food experience on Jefferson Street. And so that's the biggest jump. When we first started, like everything that we did was pretty much in downtown Nashville. And now we, we're branching off into other parts of the community. Okay. And is the food tour, is it black owned food, like restaurants? Or is it like, is that, is black history woven through all of the tours or have you branched out even from that? Black history is 100% uh, the foundation for all of the tours and the food experience. So the, the food experience is not a tour. It's an actual experience. And so that the experience was built out of people saying that every time we would do a tour, we would have like a group of people say, hey, uh, we want to meet you afterwards for lunch or we would love to buy you lunch or we would love to get drink with you just to, like talk to you about Nashville. Right. And so we, we got that so much from people we just decided to do to, after the tour to do a food experience where you go to the restaurant and sit and talk to your tour guide to have an enhanced experience so it gives tours an opportunity to to come in and learn about the city from different perspectives and it also it also gives like people who are national based like companies and organizations an opportunity for lunch and learn within the community and so really cool experience a little bit of touring but mostly mostly what we tour is like the restaurant and so one of the restaurants that we're going to is Woolworth on fifth and Woolworth on fifth has a lot of pictures up about the civil rights movement and so we talk about things from that aspect and then the second restaurant we go into is actually a restaurant a black owned restaurant in the african-american community called kingdom grill and cafe and i love kingdom grill and cafe one because like I'm addicted to soul food and I don't eat like, so I'm a pescatarian, so I don't eat any like hard meats. But the cool thing about Kingdom Grill and Cafe is that they don't cook their veggies with meat. And most soul food restaurants you go to or most, most Southern places, they have like bacon in their greens or some type of pork in their string beans. And so Kingdom Grill and Cafe is like a, a really great restaurant to that we take our clients to. Okay, cool. 
So what do you see next for United Street Tours? Where do you want to take it? What do I see next for United Street Tours? And so oddly enough, we've been getting, so customers who have toured with us in the past have been asking us to do tours in other cities. And so right now we are a Nashville-based company. And so I am uh, right now like trying to see what would it look like if United Street Tours expanded into other cities in the South and in the North? So like, what would it look like if we expanded to Nashville? And then what would it look like if we expanded to New York? And so we're exploring those possibilities now. That'd be exciting. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that'd be exciting. Okay, Blake, do you have any other questions before I ask? The last question. This might be kind of a lengthy question, but you had mentioned that you just put something on Eventbrite and there was a huge need for it. It sounds like you just put it on Eventbrite and then all of a sudden, boom, you get ticket sales. Like, was there any other marketing or anything else that kind of contributed to that? Or was it just, you put it on the internet and then you got all these ticket sales? <laughs> <laughs> that would be magic, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's so, what it sounded like. <laughs> so Facebook, so we created an event on Facebook. And once we created the event on Facebook, we um, connected it to Eventbrite to collect the money from the ticket sales. And so Eventbrite was basically just used to as a payment processor and not so much like as a place where people can come. I mean, it, it happened that way, but not not nearly how you you positioned it and so most of it came from like people consistently sharing the event on facebook and so people would say oh cool um this is this seems like a great event or i didn't know uh, one of the main things that we would get is i didn't know there was black history in downtown nashville and so i think a lot of people came out one out of curiosity and shared the event out of curiosity and then from a need just like my students from a need to know about the local black history in the community and i came in i started this business at a really cool time when nashville was already booming the tourism industry is uh booming in nashville and so a lot of people is already coming in. And so if you have family here with Nashville boom, well, if you have family in other cities with Nashville booming, they're gonna wanna visit you at some point, right? And so we have we got a lot of people that live in Nashville who brought their families, their friends, who are visiting and things like that. Cool. So 100% of the marketing during that first initial six months happened on Facebook. Gotcha, yep. That, that's kind of what I figured, I just wanted to to clarify because that's some good advice for other people trying to start events and everything just using what tools are out there is it meetup.com is it facebook is it eventbrite what can be used and usually it's a combination of all three of those so thank you for answering that of course is social media still a pretty big part of your marketing social media is a huge part of marketing uh facebook for us like my target audience enjoys Facebook more than like the Snapchat, the TikTok. And so like still today, like Facebook is where we generate the most revenue and the most ticket sales. Okay. 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 Last question, Chiquita. How do you define success? Woo. And so if you would have asked me this question a few years ago, 
Aldis says that success is defined by the number of deg degrees you have, right? So if you have your uh, bachelor's degree, you're successful. Successful. If you have your master's, you're ultra successful. If you have your doctorate, like you're ultimately successful. Like that's how I define success in my life in the past. But now like going through this process, I realized that like success is basically how big of an impact can you have in the lives of others? And so when I first started doing this company, um, I would have people to say, hey, I want a private tour and it's just me. And like I was able to like develop so many powerful relationships and just like influence people's lives in a way that I never thought I could. And so basically now today, success for me is defined by how many lives can I influence and touch. Very cool. I love that. Yep, me too. It's a great answer. Where can people find you online and where can people find your company? Yeah, you can find us online at unitedstreettours.com, unitedstreettours.com. And we have all of our walking tours listed. And also we have a bus tour listed. And so our bus tour is pretty much we provide step on guide services for like family reunions, conferences and things like that. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you again. This has been really fun and I can't wait to go on my next tour. Woo! Thanks, Takeda. Thank you. Thank you.